Hello, and welcome to The Green Book Commentaries. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa, Volume 14, Episode 13, Innate Against the World. Doctors of Chiropractic and Student Initiates, welcome back and thank you for joining me for another episode. Last time, we introduced the student to a few cycles, namely the normal complete cycle, the abnormal cycle, and the restoration cycle. Of all the various cycles that we're going to study, these three are the foundation upon which chiropractic was developed upon by B.J. Palmer. For those just joining us, let's briefly review. The normal complete cycle is what most freshman chiropractic students know as the safety pin cycle. This cycle refers to the flow of innate mental impulses between brain cells and tissue cells, with efferent and afferent nerves acting as the transmission medium. Health is the result of this cycle remaining in constant communication, free of interference. The normal the abnormal cycle is what happens when interference occurs in the normal complete cycle. A vertebral subluxation blocks the amount of mental impulses that reach the tissue cell. Decreased quantity flow causes decreased quality function of the tissue cell. Given time, disease grows and becomes manifest. <clears throat> Last, the restoration cycle is what all chiropractic students get excited about as they begin seeing patients in clinic. The restoration cycle begins with the chiropractic adjustment upon a vertebral subluxation. This adjustment corrects the misalignment, opens foramen through which nerves pass, relieves pressure from those nerves, and restores the normal quantity flow of innate mental impulses to that tissue cell. That occurs within the time frame of the chiropractic adjustment. Innate restoration of normal quality tissue cell function may take days to months, and this is what we call the healing process from a neurological perspective. For today's podcast, we are going to dive a bit further into understanding universal forces and their relationship to innate intelligence. Then we will explain the difference between chiropractic dis-ease and medical disease and how distinguishing the two will directly affect your practice. Finally, we're going to conclude with the two things that cause chiropractic dis-ease and why the chiropractor can only help one with the adjustment. So let's get started, shall we? Universal forces. What exactly are we talking about here? A universal force is that which is external to the body. It is an environmental force, a physical or a chemical force. One such universal force which is of interest to chiropractors who use thermal scanners 
to check for subluxation is temperature. Temperature is a measurement of heat quantity based on the frequency rate of vibration. Most vibration produces more vibration produces more motion, which in turn emits more heat than an object with a lower frequency rate of vibration. The sun is the hottest object in our solar system, estimated at over 28 million degrees Fahrenheit. The sun emits this quantity of heat and does so without any regard for the human body. This is what is meant by universal forces having no solicitude for the human body. Once heat from the sun comes in contact with the body, innate intelligence goes through a process of internal resistance and adaptation so that heat doesn't damage tissue cells. To resist sunlight exposure, innate will cause the skin to darken. Heat which penetrates through will cause innate to produce sweat on the skin so as to lower body temperature. Quite interesting, isn't it? This same principle has a practical application when adjusting your patience. Understanding this principle is really the difference in getting sick people well or prolonging their condition. A patient is lying upon your adjusting table. You place your hands or instrument upon the spine and ready yourself to deliver the adjustment. However, there are three critical questions that you need to be sure on before you make the adjustment. First, are you certain beyond patient symptomatology that a subluxation is present? Patient presence in your office does not necessarily mean subluxation presence in their spine. How many times have you been to your dentist and your checkup was cavity free? Second, are you certain beyond patient symptomatology that a subluxation exists at the spinal segment that you're actually on? Have you ever been to your dentist with pain in your teeth only to find that it was one bad tooth causing the whole problem rather than the three or four teeth that were painful when you came in? Third, are you certain that the direction of your adjustment is the correct one? When a dentist realigns teeth, they aren't just merely moving bones, right? The dentist knows the best direction in which the teeth should move so that optimal alignment is restored. So let's tie these three statements together so we understand universal invasionary force and innate resistive force. When innate senses a mechanical force hit the body, the natural reaction is defense by tightening and contracting muscles. Innate does not differentiate between the mechanical force of a semi-truck or that of a chiropractic adjustment. Since both are an impact to the body, innate goes into defensive mode. So how do we get innate off guard so we can make the adjustment? First, 
we have to ascertain a subluxation is in fact present. If the chiropractor adjusts a non-subluxated vertebra, one common reaction is muscle spasms around that area to prevent further unnecessary thrusts into the spine. Second, the chiropractor needs to know the specific misalignment of the vertebra in question. If it were merely a fixated joint, then having a patient ride a horse would introduce enough motion into the fixated joint. Yet, however fun horse riding may be, it does nothing for vertebral subluxations. In chiropractic, a specific misalignment is referred to as a listing, coming from the terminology for which direction something is leaning towards. In such listing, one such listing is for an atlas subluxation, ASL, in reference to the left occipital condyle. The left lateral mass of atlas has misaligned anterior, superior, and lateralized to the left. So what's the difference between working on fixations or specifically adjusting a specific subluxation listing? Simple. Real patients getting well or patients merely feeling better temporarily. Third, is the chiropractor on the subluxated vertebra? If the chiropractor determined that the subluxation is at atlas, but accidentally adjusts axis, the chiropractor now creates a new subluxation in addition to the original, making the patient worse than before. In order for NA to more readily accept the external force of the adjustment, timing, location, and direction of adjustment must be in alignment. These variable factors can easily be made into a constant through the use of objective tests readily available in chiropractic, namely thermography instrumentation and x-ray. Chiropractic dis-ease and medical disease. What's the difference? Dis-ease is chiropractic terminology for tissue cells that are not functioning at 100% because of a subluxation. Dis-ease is a lack of innate mental impulses, the energy required for tissue cell health. Medical disease is the diagnosed name given to that condition based on the affected tissue cells. So for example, a subluxation at atlas may decrease nerve supply to the ventricles of the brain, causing CSF to congest local tissues. The chiropractic dis-ease starts with the subluxation and ends with the tissue cells decrease quality function. The medical disease begins with the condition of the tissue cell and all treatment either stimulates inhibited malfunction or inhibits stimulated malfunction. For this reason, can you see why only chiropractic corrects the cause, the subluxation? For this, can you see why medical diagnosis 
is of no value to a subluxation-based chiropractor. Now that we understand chiropractic dis-ease, let's discuss the two causes behind it. The first is in the lane of the chiropractor. Subluxation causes a decreased quantity nerve flow to the tissue cell. Given time, disease grows. The adjustment is the only intervention that can correct a subluxation. The second is not in the lane of the chiropractor. A trauma can cause localized tissue cell damage without causing a subluxation. For example, a skin cut on the finger damages local tissue cells. This damages the structure, which causes abnormal function. Disease. No adjustment is necessary as innate can heal most cuts. However, if the cut completely severs the finger off, then that would be a limitation of matter, as innate cannot regrow fingers within the human body. This type of dis-ease is in the realm of surgery. However, after reattachment, perhaps chiropractors who adjust extremities can ensure proper digital alignment. But that's a topic for another day. We begin our reading from volume 14, page 72. Article 111, Special Sense and Normal Complete Cycles, Compounded. A special sense cycle can be made abnormal by impingement on sensory nerves, especially if nerves of feeling are involved. A special sense cycle can be made abnormal by impingement on efferent functional nerves. This is the most common possibility. A special sense cycle can be made abnormal by interference with transmission, affecting the condition of the special sense organ. And in many cases, that interference may be very remote from the organ. A scheme of the compound cycle will show how this is possible if the student cares to study out at this time. It is to be used for reference when the subject comes up later. Article 112, Interbrain Cycle. A complex cycle showing the relation between innate brain and educated brain. Since educated brain is periphery because it is made of tissue cells, of nervous tissue, it requires mental impulses, blood, serum, etc. The scheme shows the relations of these cycles constituting the interbrain cycle. The lower inner circle is the special sense cycle, and the upper inner circle shows how the educated brain itself is supplied with mental impulses. The steps of the last are exactly the same as the normal complete cycle. There is little need for further explanation. Article 113 the Universal Diagram of Cycles. This diagram, which Dr. Palmer calls the best drawing in the world, shows all the relationships of all cycles. The course of mental force is followed around the borderline of the diagram, as shown by the arrows in the scheme in Figure 4. 
Following these arrows from innate intelligence, we see that innate brain is supplied first. It is really the place from which innate works. Next, we notice that innate body gets its impulses from innate brain. Of course this must be, since all the tissues of the body are innate body, with the exception of innate brain. Therefore, educated brain and educated body are innate body, so far as metabolism and involuntary functions are concerned. From innate body, we follow the course back to innate brain. Immediately, the arrows lead us from innate brain to educated brain. This shows us that innate, if she so chooses, records what has taken place in innate body. Pain is a good example of this. So that educated mind is conscious of what has been done. Next, we follow the innate force through the educated brain, where it becomes tinctured with whatever quality educated mind can give it. Thence, to educated body, where voluntary functions take place. Thus, we see that educated brain controls nothing, but the mental impulses pass through it and further assembling is done there by innate so that there can be conscious action. The arrows lead back to educated brain, showing us that there is awareness, educationally, of the action of educated body. From educated brain, we trace back to innate brain, the cab, from which innate controls the whole engine. This diagram, if the student will take the trouble to use it, can be applied to many kinds of cycles, simple, compound, and complex. Article 114, a written diagram showing innate and educated realms. Innate's possessions, function, and matter. Function, further subdivided into voluntary and involuntary function. Voluntary, subdivided into educated brain and educated body. Matter, divided into all of body and brain. Involuntary and all of body and brain, further subdivided into innate body. Article 115, the normal Vertemir cycle. The Vertemir cycle is the cycle from innate brain to the tissues, holding in situ the vertebra in question. A subluxation impinging a nerve from brain to organ also impinges the nerve supplying its own tissues, and that is why it exists as a subluxation. In the scheme in figure 14, the outer cycle represents the normal complete cycle from brain to the organ in question. And the inner cycle represents a normal complete cycle from brain cell to tissue cell in the region of the vertebra itself. This makes a compound cycle for study. This is one of the most important cycles in the study of chiropractic. And the student should make himself 
well acquainted with it. It is the only cycle with immediate practical application and is the basis for the art or technique of chiropractic. Article 116. Universal forces. Synonyms. External forces. Environmental forces. Physical or chemical forces. Universal forces are the generalized force of the universe, which obey universal physical laws and are not adapted for constructive purposes. While universal forces absolutely are not adapted, they can be adapted, and when they are, their character is changed exactly to the opposite and work according to the laws of adaptation. They may be either beneficial or harmful to the body. They may be applied either inside or outside of the body. Some are always inside the body. They cannot be kept out. But if the body is normal, they are always adapted when inside. They may affect the body in numerous ways, as physical, chemical, or mechanically physical. Universal forces have already been described in the freshman section. They are necessary to the body to maintain universal balance so that innate will have some dynamic forces to manage. The student should understand that they come to the body in necessary circumstances, as well as possible harmful ones. We know them as incidents, weather, food, drink, sunlight, myriads of ways. Sometimes they are harmful, as accidents, inclement weather, poison, unhealthful environment, etc. Article 117, Invasive Forces, Penetrative Forces. Invasive forces are universal forces which force their effects upon tissue in spite of innate resistance or in case the resistance is lowered. Invasive forces are physical or chemical forces which, in spite of innate objection, act in an unadapted way. They are numerous in forms, as mechanical, physical, and chemical. These forces are well known. We fail to acknowledge some of them because they are insidious. They may enter the body as chemical forces and begin their destructive work by corrosion, or they may call for very violent adaptation. The forces of weather or heat, or cold, etc., call upon the material resources and innate of the body for very severe adaptation, and if the resisting powers are low, do harm. However, all the invasive forces do not provoke violent resistance. Some are more subtle. Article 118. Innate Forces. Forces arranged by innate for use in the body. They are universal forces, assembled or adapted for dynamic functional power, to cause tissue cells to function or to offer resistance to environment. Innate forces may be for adaptation to other universal forces, which have not been adapted, to balance, annul, check, augment, or otherwise adapt them.
Article 119. Resistive Forces Resistive forces are innate forces called into being to oppose invasive forces. They are not called resistive forces unless they are of that character. They may be in many forms, as mechanical, physical, or chemical. Examples of physical form, movement of tissue cells, chemical, antidotes, oxidations, etc. Mechanical, as bucking when a patient is being adjusted, sometimes, or as educated adaptations, will, reasoning, etc. When ill-timed or unbalanced, they may produce strains, torn tissues, fractures, luxations, or subluxations. Destructive jujitsu. When ill-timed or unbalanced, it is not the fault of innate, but the limitations of matter. They may oppose or join some invasive forces as determined by innate. In adjusting, innate approves a correct move, but will oppose a wrong move. The body, innate managing, will always oppose an invading force if it is not beyond the limits of adaptation of the tissues. Article 120, Trauma. Trauma is injury to tissue cells due to accident or poisoning. In trauma, the tissue cells are not sick, necessarily, when injured. The tissues are not incoordinating, as if transmission remains normal. Healing will quickly ensue. In the sense that tissue cells will not be at ease when injured, a traumatic condition might be called dis-ease, but never in coordination, unless there is interference with transmission. A distinction might be made in this way. In trauma, the tissue cells are clean, and in coordination, they are not. Trauma is in the field of surgery, and the chiropractor would have no work to do, in this case, unless there are subluxations causing interference with transmission of mental impulses. Trauma, plural form, traumata, a wound or injury. Physic trauma, an emotional shock that makes a lasting impression on the mind, especially the subconscious mind. Reference, Dorland's Medical Dictionary. Article 121, Disease and Dis-Ease. Disease is a term used by physicians for sickness. To them, it is an entity that one can have and is worthy of a name, hence diagnosis. Dis-Ease is a term used in chiropractic, meaning not having ease. It is the condition of matter when it does not have ease. In chiropractic, ease is the entity, and dis-ease is the lack of it. Dis-ease, in chiropractic, is indicative of the body being minus something that should be restored in order to make it normal. That is, in various modes of expression, the body lacks ease, health, coordination, transmission, 
adaptation, well-being, 100% quality, soundness, sanity, etc., which must be brought up to 100% or restored. That is what chiropractic aims to do. Remember it. Restoration. In trauma, the tissues are not degenerated or depleted. They are just injured. And this is proven by the fact that a wound will heal readily and healthily if the region of injury or the body is not suffering incoordination. This ease is the, condi is the condition of tissue cells when there is incoordination. It is the result of incoordination when the tissue cells do not do their duties coordinately. The tissue cells that fail to function are not always where the symptoms are tr of trouble are. Example, gas and tympanity, temp tympanitis, when the liver is not functioning coordinately. When there is incoordination, tissue cells are sick, not clean as they are in trauma. When there is coordination, there is a good supply of things to make a tissue cell healthy. If it is healthy, it is sound. If tissue cells are not coordinating, some tissue cells will be made unsound. Therefore, they are sick and not at ease. So many terms, namely dis-ease, incoordination, paralysis, physical insanity, used almost synonymously, are confusing to the student. To simplify matters, the writer suggests that the terms dis-ease be used with the understanding that it indicates unsound tissue, physical insanity. Tissue which is not clean as healthy tissue is, and that will clearly differentiate it from traumatically injured tissue. Unsound tissue can be restored to soundness only by something from within, something from innate. Dis-ease is the result of the prevention of something from within, coming to the outside. A tissue cell is happy and at ease when it gets it. To restore ease to a tissue cell, that something from within must be restored to it from within. Hence, the cure of dis-ease is from within and never from without. No treatments or medicines from without can give soundness to the tissue cell. It must come from innate. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa. This has been the Green Book Commentaries.